a fucking great delusion here. Don't touch that. You alone. Don't fuck with it, man. Oh, God. Did you eat all this acid? <laughs> That's right. Music! Music! <laughs> you better pray to God there's some authorities in that bag. Otherwise, you're in bad fucking trouble. Music, man. Put that table on! <laughs> 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 Yeah, so uh, <laughs> welcome to Roof Civilian. We're talking about music today. Music! <laughs> I love that clip. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Tony, like, uh, oh, uh, it's Roof Civilian here with Tony. And, uh, like, Tony's a musician. And, um, like, I want to start off, like, with uh, your, uh, what music is for you. Like, what it means to you. Oh, uh, music. I mean, for me, it's it's really that one thing that's always been consistent in my life as a kid, you know, and it's really the only thing that makes it makes more or less sense in another well, it's like the one consistent world. it's <laughs> like it's like the one consistent thing right i mean it's it's the one thing that i could really go to when regardless of whatever is going on you know it, right it it just helps me interpret the world <laughs> right right what are your what are some of your well this is obvious to me but maybe not the listeners like uh, some of your favorite artists, like some of your favorite songs that have ever been recorded. Oh, that's a long list. Dude. Well, that let me have it, man. Seriously, let long me have list. it. Let me have it. I mean, I I have I I call it musical ADD. I can't <laughs> stick in like one genre, <laughs> right? You know, right. Or listen to one group for for days on music. Well, it, it actually depends. Actually, I could listen to Nirvana for days on. Yeah. End. I was a big fan of Nirvana. That's one of those. Well, and like today in particular, I like a. Uh, you know, I used to be a hardcore raver, mm-hmm. and today in particular, I was just like cleaning house and came across some like electronic music that I haven't listened to in twenty years. Nice, and, you know, and it was it, it was like hell yeah, turn it up, I want to hear that again. But uh, continue with what you were saying about Nirvana. Oh well, um, I got into Nirvana in the uh, late eighties, like mm-hmm. well, a little shortly after uh, Nevermind came out. Bleach, well, actually, no, I take it, Bleach, I take right? it back. No, yeah, I got into it with Bleach. Bleach was the first exposure I had to them, Bleachy. but right. <laughs> but it was one of those bands that, at the time, you know, I didn't really, I loved their sound, but I didn't really know too much about them, and it was hard to get a, get a hold of some of their music aside from going to places like you know Sam Goody and the whatnot, right. Um, but then when Nevermind had hit, that's when I really got exposed to a world of, of music that to me was the best, best of all, because it was, it was structured, but it was, I don't know. It was punk, structured punk. Right. And it it, it borderlined on lazy music. And I loved that concept because (laughs) a lot of music, well, you got a lot of your purists. I'll say, oh, well, their song only consists of three cheesy power chords. And maybe, you know, they do. You might might as well go listen to Bach and Beethoven. Right. And, you know, (laughs) that's the other thing, too, is I listen to classical, too. I mean, I I listen to it all. I only cut myself off from most music after the turn of the millennium Mm. when it started becoming really uh overly processed and filtered sold yeah and well not even in that respect it was just the 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 effort of what music used to require Hmm. was now taken out thanks to things like computer technology auto-tuning and all that other happy crap and (laughs) and also because of i think uh, a social form of uh, what's the word? Complacency. Okay. I mean, back in, if you look back, music always had roots to social happenings in various right, ways. Right, yeah. Or it always played a role in social matters. Nowadays, music 
the way I hear it and for most of the groups that I hear and singers and whatnot, they just cater to um, almost an illusionary life of, okay, well, I have money, so I get to fly over to here and party over there and do all this (laughs) other shit. And and don't get me wrong, though, there are artists out there now that still, you know, have some really profound messages and actually do work at their craft in a genuine sense. But the majority of groups that I hear don't have that. They don't have that same kind of vibe. It's yeah, it's almost it's almost cookie cutter to me. Well, that makes sense, because like you said, it was like a top topical. It was like topically pertinent. That's right. actually the way to phrase that. Topically pertinent. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, like you had exactly like the be- you had like the Beatles. You had like um, Hendrix. You know, like uh, what, what was that? Uh, you remember War? What is it good for? Oh yeah, absolutely nothing. Who was that? I think that was. Uh, what was the? Oh, shoot, I can't. T- remember. Tony's hitting a bowl. Give him a second. I can't remember <laughs> the name of the singer. And that kind of bugs me because that's actually a really good song. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like it's on, it's on point with people like not, like stuff, like mu- music is not written about like things going on anymore. You know, it's just like uh, it's just like um, this cheesy cookie cutter like. Right. Let's let's uh, let's just write about like. Let's, let's just write about like uh, having money and being a teenager. Well, they, the, and it's not even so much about being a teenager. It's I from what the some of the things that I've heard <laughs> over the years, it really more or less seems like um, the the musical equivalent of shaking keys in front of a baby. <laughs> you know, you just, you know, let's just dangle you know this this persona in front of you, and we'll show you all the things that this person has in the video, but actually doesn't have in real yeah. life well music videos is something that i think is a lost art oh music videos i i, I got so many gripes with mtv it's ridiculous <laughs> but when um, it used to be music television right for for that wonderful short period of time before they realized that they could oversaturate it with stupid ass reality shows my favorite music video that stands out in my head is Pearl Jam Jeremy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's like my favorite music video. See, and even the mu- mu- the music video itself had a really good message to it. I it mean, it was about public shooting and, you know, and like suicide and right. You, know, like, you don't get that anymore, <laughs> man. Nope. Like there's there's like no substance really anymore. And when they try to go that route, they take it in a such an overly emotional approach. Emo. That, yeah, that's that. It's. You just don't even want to listen to it because all it sounds like is just someone bitching and moaning. Without oh, my, my dad didn't buy me a PlayStation, right? <laughs> and shit, and even that's considered like passe for for modern groups now. It's like, oh well, no one understands. Like it's the same thing that we had back when we were teenagers. Mm-hmm. That no one understands me, but instead of being Pro aggro about it. They just, <laughs> pro aggro. I like they just that. become uh, extremely introverted, and they adopt the 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 candy coated life of like, oh well, I'm sad, but someone owes me something. Mm. It's like you know what we had our issues with depression in the '90s, being teenagers and hormone driven. Well, think think about OG goth. Uh, well, oh, yeah. yeah, but then we also had the angst, though. That was mm, the that was yeah. like that big thing, and then it was, we didn't have cell phones yet, right? <laughs> and we didn't have you know we had our you know our game consoles, 
but it was nothing on the level that it is now. So we actually were felt compelled. You know, we'd play video games, you know, for however many hours, but then even that would get stale for us, and we'd have yeah. to go out and go do things. Yeah. And it was before everything was then delivered to you via the internet and all these other mediums. So going to a concert and stuff like that was a major event for, for us. Oh, hell yeah, day, dude. Hell know? yeah. You got to socially interact with people of a similar mind. That like the same music. Right? And it was it was actually cool, you know? Well, I'll be up front. Like, the most frequent band I saw was ICP. Nice. That, that is the mo- like, I, I think I've seen ICP in concert like 10 times. But that, that was like the most frequent band that I saw. But I also saw like suicidal tendencies nice. and you know and uh, but like you said like the same same mindset you know like it was really interesting to like being hanging out with my dad hanging out with my buddies you and Chad and all that right and then like going to an ICP show yeah. and, you know and then everybody's like I'd like paint my face up and I'd go there and everybody there had their face painted. Right. It, th- there was a certain thing that it did for you. It was a level of camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I, I just thought it was interesting. I mean, there's plenty of bands out there that I would love to go see, but I think more often than not that I wish I could just invent a time machine and go back in time to when some of my favorite bands were doing shows. Mm-hmm. And then also the the interaction level was completely different right you know? i mean this was even before like these were like the atari days you know <laughs> yeah, so gaming yeah. consoles and like life gamers you know weren't weren't much of a thing life gamers you I know like that. no and these people spend their lives playing video games mm-hmm. i mean i it's not my thing i can't well i like games but about an hour hour and a half right i'm done i mean i'll maybe play if it's a really good freaking game i'll maybe dedicate an hour or two to it a day. Yeah. But normally if I do want to do it, it's like maybe only for half hour increments. Well, I just don't like as a teenager, I used to, I would game for like three, four or five hours at a time. Right. But that's, you know, now I'm an adult. So I've got a, I've got a adult, you know, like, so when I get home, like maybe I've got like that two hours a night that's like free. Right. No, it's easier when you're, when you're a kid because you have all the time in the world, you know, it seems. And, you know, to be, you're not necessarily free to just hop on a bus and go to the mall or go see a show. So <laughs> you had to find something to eat eat that time up if you didn't have anything else mm-hmm. that you wanted to do. And, you know, for me, it was like playing Super Mario Brothers. There you go. You know, from like 10 o'clock at night to 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> and then getting up to go to elementary school. I mean, yeah, it's different. It's it was different. it was different. You know, you still had shit you had to do, but not on the same level that you had to dedicate not on the so same much emotional scale, man. thought. Yeah, it's not on the same scale. So, like with being a teenager in the '90s, I mean, that was you know, I, I think was right was, there. I was right there with you, yeah, brother. I mean, that was a good heyday, dude. Yeah, I mean, man. Go see shows, freaking ditch school, hang out at the old bus station when it was ditch downtown. school. That's right, man. That's I right. I mean, it was it was a thing to do. Well, one of the big things for me when I was a teenager, like I surprisingly graduated high school but uh you remember travis and gar yeah we we used to uh shout out guys they don't listen to this but shout out like uh, we would ditch school go smoke weed and just wait till the bell ended and then we'd go home right (laughs) (laughs) but the reason to bring up travis is he had a he had a band i remember that right next to my house they had like a recording studio right next to my house and like uh, one of my favorite memories is like I would sit there and go watch them practice and we'd pull bongs. Right. And that's what we would do. 
when there was this kid. I forget the kid's name, but like we were hanging out there. This this kind of like uh, trails into like what music what music meant to me. Like, <laughs> I, when, like he was, we were like pulling bongs and stuff, and like they would do their session or whatever. And there, I forget the kid's name, but all of us were just fucking baked. <laughs> and then Travis looks over to this unnamed kid that I can't remember. And he says, how you feeling, man? How you feeling? He says, like a day in the sky. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like a day in the sky. <laughs> but, you know, it's like uh, I remember um, one of their practices, they smashed a guitar. Oh, that's terrible. And they, well, it was a broken, there was something wrong with it. So they smashed it. Nothing that could be fixed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they uh, they uh, ended up taking the pieces and spelling out the name of their band. Oh, that's cool. And like taking a picture of it. I, think, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> That is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what? Um, just like off the top, off the top, your favorite favorite music to listen to, just off the top, because there I have a list. I'm sure you have a list. Well, as far as like music genres, well, you can go in any direction you want to. Like, like uh, the thing is, I I mean, I have. Well, uh, you and I both listen to a lot of the same stuff. Right. I mean, I like music from the Upper Northwest, what is known as grunge, quote unquote. Oh yeah. You know that. I mean, overall, it's probably one of my favorites because it's a very eclectic style that actually does consist more than just three simple power chords. <laughs> um, it, it's actually a really good culmination because a lot of the artists that make that specific, you know, that were that type of music integrate multiple, mm. you know, genres into it. It's like, you know, you could easily take something that has a three chord progression and make it. And adding more from your own influences like metal and all mm -hmm. that other stuff. And back then it was Sabbath, you know, okay. and Bill Saxon, a lot of, you know, a lot of those old Saxon school bands, shit. you know, so that was all integrated in it, too. I mean, you can even hear it. You can even hear like connotations of that in the song Negative Creep by Nirvana, you know, that's, oh, man. that's just one example. That's a good song. And I think it's actually kind of funny. Kurt Cobain actually hated thrash metal. <laughs> he did not like Strangely it at all. Strangely enough, He did man. not Strangely like it at enough. all. He liked heavy metal. He loved Sabbath. Did he? But he didn't care for speed metal. Well, Which, that, that kind of makes sense. On, well, that, that kind of makes sense to like the, the way he put his songs together. Mm -hmm. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he was really more, he was really into the punk scene. That was, that was more of his thing. Well, would you say that Nirvana was kind of a uh, punk influenced? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Kurt Cobain's first rock concert was Black Flag with Buzz Oh, Osborne. shit, shit. You know, so, I mean, that's, that, that sets it right there. And, you know, I'm a big fan of the Melvins, too, man. Melvins, that's, you know, that's yeah, a Melvins. great fucking band. I used, I used to listen to the Pixies a lot. That <laughs> nice. Like uh, so if I had kind of had to give a list, like my favorite stuff that I listen to like on a daily basis to today, would probably well top of the list, top of the list, Johnny Cash, nice, top of the list, Johnny Cash, and then after that probably uh, Static X, yeah, nice, Static X, uh, Cold Chamber, uh, I still listen to some Corn, um. Uriah Heep. <laughs> good. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. That's that's good stuff, man. Like guys out there, if you haven't heard Uriah Heep, do yourself a favor and go uh just YouTube Uriah Heep the Wizard. Yeah, right. You just just listen to that song. It's a good track worth <laughs> listening. <laughs> yeah. And then going down the list, of course I'm gonna say ICP. I don't care how I feel about it, but it's something I enjoy. Uh Twisted, um Mad Child, um 
chime in with good good bands. Chime in with good bands. Okay. Uh, Porn of Papyros. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Jane's Addiction. Uh, Jane's Addiction. L7, The Fastbacks, The Posies, The Fusty Lugs for UK subs, the UK bombs. <laughs> well, uh, we were talking about this about a week ago. It was like, I fucked a sheep. I fucked a goat. Oh, my, the, uh, the, anti, the Anti-Nowhere League. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- that's... <laughs> and I always think it's funny. The first exposure I ever had to that band was actually through Metallica. Doing a cover, a cover, of yeah. So what? Yeah. And so what? It's, it's so what? When I heard James Hetfield reciting the verse of "I fucked a sheep, I fucked a goat, I rammed my cock right down its throat," <laughs> so what? I mean that I just started laughing my ass off. Right? I was like, "There's no fucking way an actual band wrote this." And then I found out, yep, there's yeah, a band wrote British the... punk band <laughs> called the Anti Nowhere. So, uh. Kind of staying on the the vine of what you just meant, like British punk. Like, what about Sex Pistols? I like the Sex Pistols. Yeah. I th- but the thing is, with that band, I think they got way too much hype. Yeah. For what they were bringing, I mean, they have a great sound. I own Nevermind the Bollocks, mm-hmm. you know, and I even own Sid Vicious's side album, Sid Sings. Mm-hmm. But when you really break it down, I mean, they're just you know no different than any other. Well, punk then you band. gotta at that point you gotta look at you gotta look at the real revolution of American punk. Think about like the Ramones, the Dead Kennedys, right? Uh, uh, why am I drawing them? Oh, Agent the, Orange, Agent, the, the Misfits, <laughs> the Misfits, uh, the the New York Dolls, <laughs> the New York Dolls. Oh, nice. oh, technically, the New York Dolls was the first punk band. Mm. Technically, I've heard I've heard many arguments on that. I really don't focus on who started what. You know, it's right, the fact right. that it, it exists is enough for me. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. You exactly. know, I'm just happy it's around. You know? Who who would be your favorite punk band? Uh, oh, that's a good. Que- that's a good question. <laughs> that right? is another good question. So I'm yeah. I'm big on the Dead Kennedys. I'm big on my cousin's band, The Impossibles. Well, I almost, I like almost everything that ever came out of Joe Biafra's label, mm. uh, Alternative Tentacles. Yeah, dude, Alternative um, Tentacles. I mean, I'm big. Wow, dude, fan. shout out, hell yeah, dude. that's a label I always wanted to be on. Actually. Yeah, it's all, yeah that, I mean, so much good stuff came out. Plastic of that. Surgery Disasters is actually one of my favorite albums of theirs. The Descendants. The Descendants. Um, God, I think the Circle Jerks. Circle Jerks. <laughs> Circle Jerks. Yeah. Um, what was that band that was? Uh, they were all. Uh, uh, pornography actors, I forget what they were called. That that's a new one to me. Yeah, no, like it, it'll come to me towards the end of the episode. It'll, it, <laughs> it'll hit me. And then Shades, like, Shades Apart was really good. Yeah, Millencoin. Yeah, dude. Um, dude. Gosh, No Effects. I mean, if you want. How did we it. take this long to get to No Effects when we're talking about punk? Well, we're kind of rolling in chronological order, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what was there the. What was their big album that had, um... We are the bruise, sporting anti-swastikas, tattoos, oi, oi, oi! That wasn't, that wasn't Heavy Petting Zoo, was it? No, I don't think it was. It was Neapolitan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oi, oi, oi! Because they were oi punk. Yeah. Which was the thing, is oi punk. You which know. I think is something even funnier. You know, and this is something I've always come to realize about the American music industry. When it comes to popularity, what what it takes to become popular in mm-hmm. the states. Yeah. Is that you start the sound here. You roll it through the underground scene. It doesn't really pick up by most um at the time uh, at that time like record labels and stuff like that like Sony and you know a- uh, EMI and other ones. So it goes 
through the the innards of the underground and then gets picked the up. The innards of the underground. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. The guts of music. I mean, <laughs> oh man, it goes through that and then gets picked up overseas somewhere. It doesn't have to be in one specific area. It has to be somewhere overseas. And then once it gets picked up overseas, the mainstream back at the states realizes, oh, there's a new style of music coming from across the pond, you know? It's, right, right. it's this new thing called punk rock, you punk know? Punk rock. And all of a sudden, now it becomes more popular, and it gets a lot more recognition, and then you get a lot of these kids that just jump on that bandwagon because it's something that their parents don't like, and they don't really understand that it's actually involving more than just throwing a fucking teenage fit. Right. You know? And, like, that was really what I found to be so frustrating is that I mean it's changed more since back then but you used to have to make it famous somewhere else before you could make it in your home country that makes sense that and makes sense. that was basically media media manipulation and this right. is before things like YouTube and uh, you know easy access media before podcasting right and, and things like, like that. that yeah yeah so the it, it was a it was a constant struggle and then all of a sudden you know, especially like with with grunge, I thought this was kind of funny because I equate grunge to being the last American-born genre of oh, okay. music. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, at least for the rock and roll aspect yeah. of it all, because I mean, metal's been around. Metal was around before then, so it's metal had already. Rebe- it's more rebe- yeah, and British that and exactly, and that started across you know across and, the pond. Yeah, and so. You know, we had our rock and roll, you know, in the 50s through the 60s with psychedelic rock and things like that. And then America just kind of put its head up its ass, up its ass with disco. <laughs> oh, and, God. But then you Let's had, not talk disco. And then you had punk rock going on, which was its answer. And then, like, you know, grunge comes along and then bands like Nirvana go on their first, uh, you know, European tour. And they go, like, start different places like Australia. They come back, and all of a sudden they're fucking famous because somebody across the way sent that music back, and then it became a style over there, and then it had to become a style over here. Right. And all the while, all these little fucking peons that just have to get on the bandwagon are pretending like they've been there since the fucking beginning, and they can't tell you, you know, who how many band members just in the in the Seattle area were interchanged between other bands, and how many times that band actually changed its name before it became the name that they know it. By. Like mud honey. Yep. Yeah, that's you uh, know, yeah, n- like uh, how many how many kids out there nowadays will ever know the uh, correlation between Pearl Jam, Green River, and Mud Honey? Oh, dude, those three bands are all interconnected by members. Exactly, and that's that's what that's why it pops into my head. And kids don't know that nowadays. They just get flashed on the TV or on the Pandora, on the YouTube, or whatever uh, it is with what you know the, well, the companies want. This, is our, this wanna, is our job to educate. Damn right. This is entertainment. Well, that's what I try to do with my music. You know, it's like I why I love grunge and why I love being in a quote grunge band is that it's a music style that so many people will shit on and will say, oh, it's just a dead form. It was only a flash in the pan. And you know what? That gives me more feel to want to do it more and be far away from all those other little fucks. It's like saying rap is a flash in the pan. Right. You know, and rap, I think, is something that took a devolvement i mean well, i remember like back it, in the 80s when it was hip-hop well you know me i'm a big fan of rap you know you yeah. know you know i am like i um uh, i uh i'm very picky on what i like but like um so if we get into uh, let's 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 go ahead and go down this rabbit hole like hip-hop rap what is 
one of my personal favorites, I would have to say, is probably like Run DMC. Nice. Just OG. Just because that's. It's where right. it's, you know, like that's just like where I was introduced I to it. I always called them wholesome rap. <laughs> well, yeah, well, they, here, well, here's the thing: is they didn't cuss, right? They didn't cuss. <laughs> and then after that, it would have to be probably be like Brother Lynch. Ah, there you go. Yeah, and then after that, like I was real big into NWA. Oh, nice. And then probably after that was uh, Cy- uh, Cypress Hill. Nice. You know, and then I get like into and today, like I listen to a lot of really weird, like they call it horrorcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, like low-key, Mad Child. Um. You want to hear something funny, though? There was a group back in the 90s um, called the Gravediggers. Oh, I know Gravediggers. Yeah, they, I, know Grave I think they really put the foot in the door they, they with probably started rap. It. They probably started it. They got yeah. some dark shit in their Yeah, in their they, they, they probably started it, along with Brother Lynch, actually. Right. Bro- Brother Lynch hung, actually, if you want to get technical. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, that's kind of... Where my mindset is is like I really enjoy rap. I like I like I I personally like fast, fast rhymes. Right. Like, like uh, Twista, Busta Rhymes, uh, Watsky. <laughs> you know, like I, I I like a lot of stuff like that. Like, what kind of like uh, rap and hip hop do you like? Oh, dude! Like I remember back in the nineties, that was a requirement for where I grew up. <laughs> I lived on the south side. Oh, of town, I know, and I know. That was you just had to be in that. You know, you had to fit in that just to get by on the day to and keep people from fucking with your house. So, and plus, I loved the music too. I loved the beat assembly. I liked it. It was. It was a precursor to like things like Fruity Loops. They were taking mm-hmm. samples yeah, and mixing yeah. it in, having it stuck on a wonderful loop, and then they would recite basically the Just utterance like f- of poetry. F- free flow over you it. Know? And, but I used to listen to all different kinds of rap. I mean, Africa Bombada was oh, one of the nice. earliest exposures I had. What about, I mean, uh, what about uh, Tribe Called <clears throat> Quest? Uh, you know, I didn't really get too into them. And same thing with like groups like, uh, was it... Um, Heavy D, I didn't. Heavy really, D and the boys. I mean, I used to. I, I'd heard him, but I didn't really get too far into him. But what I used to love, I mean, I listened to N.W.A. I listened to a lot of their offshoots, especially uh, some of the stuff that M.C. Ren had contributed on. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to Bone Thugs and Harmony. Bone I listened thugs. to. I mean, I also listened to E. Forty, The Loonies, Shock G. I mean, I. Uh, um, God, who else? I mean, of course, Tupac. And then, um, you know, I was never really big into, uh, was it Notorious B.I.G.? No, that he, that he, one he, wasn't really well, the his, my sti- his style, you know, n- not to take away, but his style just kind of wasn't my thing. Yeah, I mean, you well, like, it's, it's an East Coast thing, and I don't yeah. really... Oh, well, we're West Coast, I, Yeah, man. and that's it's a world apart for me. Yeah. But, I mean, there were so many different groups. I mean, I used to also listen to Drew Down. I mean... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drew Down, man, that's I, a deep that, cut. Then, then you had some of the... the Quasi the quasi light rappers like uh, Coolio, which was more of the socially acceptable, you know, type of what about, rappers. What, what about? I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a bomb. What about Vanilla Ice? <laughs> you know, last I heard, he owns a bicycle shop. He does. He does. <laughs> like I, I remember Ice Ice Baby, and I remember Ninja Rap. I remember he tried to make a comeback as more of a hardcore. Yeah, I actually, rapper. I actually bought that album in the '90s. It's called Hard to Swallow. I just, I just couldn't get into him even from the beginning. I, I mean, I remember I first saw him on In Living Color. He That's did right. a performance on I that show. Ice Ice Baby. I say yep, Baby. and that was the one too. And I was like, eh, I just can't get over the well, hair. Then, then <laughs> <laughs> well, then he joined the JCW, the Juggalo Champs- Championship Wrestling. I heard about that as uh, Rob Van Winkle, hmm. his actual name. 
What a name. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's, a, that's At just, least his parents didn't name him Rip. R- oh, <laughs> they could have. They could have. That's probably what they actually did. Uh, but I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's, that's further out of my So mind. let's move on in styles. Like, so we kept talk- we've kept we talked a little bit of grunge. We've talked some hip-hop. Let's get into metal. He. <laughs> let's get into metal. And then we're going to move on from metal to hardcore metal after that. All right. Well, first, before we get into that, I actually want to put a plug out for my homeboy D. Actually, our homeboy D. Shout out. And shout out to yeah. you, D, man, out there in Georgia. We love you, dude. brother. We love you, brother. So, the Southern Disciples is the name of his band. And these guys are fucking awesome, dude. I've listened to their, I've listened to some of the tracks that they have available on YouTube. And I wholeheartedly We got to get them on the show, man. Those. We got to yes, get them on the show. Definitely. Um, cause him, him and I go way back to junior me, me high. Me too, man. Like the you word know? of the day is. Uh. Yep. That <laughs> That's an insight. That joke. was back <laughs> when I had the, That's when I had that really crappy neon too. Yeah. But I mean, his band is really great. Um, but he, yeah, I totally recommend to everybody out there. I remember the first day I met him, I was wearing a Pantera shirt and he was wearing a Pantera shirt. Mm-hmm. This is the very first day I met him. I was like, all right, all right, this 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 guy's my homeboy. <laughs> Me and him used to go on a series of crazy ass adventures. I mean, yeah. what we used to do back in junior high is we would actually well we uh, were in good with our guitar teacher, and this guy was awesome. His name is Mr. Mr. Steve Shulman. Shulman, and, Shulman, yeah. And that guy, bless his heart, wherever he is, man, that dude's fucking awesome. And he'd loan us the uh, some of his music equipment because he would have various amps and stuff in his classroom. And he'd let us borrow it for the lunch period. And what we would do is we would go plug in to the cafeteria's <laughs> outlet, drag everything outside via extension cord, and we would literally play for 45 minutes. I mean, here, you, here I am, a 13-year-old, with another group of 13, 14-year-olds, and we're all playing this music, and we're already drawing a whole fucking crowd right, around us right. and getting harassed by the monitors. I was like, this is, mu- this well, is t- like talk what it must be like to be a rock star. Well, talk about a good influence. <clears throat> talk about a good influence. Like that, that teacher influenced you to be proud of what you're doing. Like he didn't have any reservations to like, okay, these people, these kids want to play music. Here's my equipment. Go play. Well, what I loved about that man is that he had very little bias on music. He had, and this is something. Guarantee you, he listened to a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, and um, but he was actually one of the one of the first ones to really get me further into the Stevie Ray Vaughan style of blues. And we'll um, we'll get into blues. We'll get into blues. And but the thing is, uh, around his classroom, he had posters of different guitar players of all different genres. I mean, he had Kirk Hammett. He had Kurt Cobain. He had um, Stevie Ray, he had BB King. He had he had so many different posters, and it was all inclusive of all different genres of music from all different parts. And well, he had this, a, he had a respect for the talent. Right, and what he also had, and this is like to, for a a young teenager first getting into guitar. This is like looking at a holy wall. Like it, it's, it's like finding a lost tomb with a bunch of holy scriptures that have been lost for thousands of years. He had a bookcase that went from one end of his classroom to the other, packed with Guitar World and Guitar Player magazines. I fucking love this story, man. I remember when I first saw that, my jaw dropped, my eyes lit up, and... I asked him, and I read one of those. He's like, "Yeah, you can, you know, read one, read them all if you want." Oh man! And that's what we did. I he, mean, the, it's it's a he made a difference in your life, right? A big time difference. He's actually the only he's he's the second guitar teacher I've ever had 
that I wholeheartedly respected. That's and, awesome. And man. I did not ever give him lip on uh, on his teaching because he knew what he was fucking doing, and he knew more importantly how to present it. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's, that's the awesome, trick, man. That's awesome. It'd be like uh, like uh, in my if I had to put it like in my scenario, it'd be like if I was to like because I'm at the point where I could literally teach the history of comic books. You know that. Mm-hmm. Like if I was to start that course in a high school or college and what I would have on the walls is like Steve Ditko, Stanley. <laughs> you have a PhD in DC. <laughs> a PhD in DC and Marvel. <laughs> but yeah, like so uh, let's continue on the topic, man. Like uh, we were talking about um, metal. Let's go with metal and then we'll kind of progress a little bit. Well, I've been listening to metal since the 80s. I mean, yeah, thanks, me too. Thank, thanks to like people like my brother and his friends and some of my other friends and their older brothers. Um, I got really into metal because mm-hmm. it was that was just perfect for a teenager. Right, you know, right, that, right. That is exactly what a teenager can use to really get a lot out in a positive way, really. Right. And what was your uh, first metal album? First metal album was the Kill 'Em All album oh, from Metallica. Booyah, booyah! To this day, that's actually my favorite album of theirs. Um, Mine would probably be Ride the Lightning. Another very good album. Yeah. I I liked their first three albums more than anything else because they had their second bass player with them, which was Cliff Burton, mm-hmm. and that guy brought an element to that band that no one else could really right, right. really mimic or replace. And even though I, I didn't like Jason Newstead as a part as the bass player in that band after Cliff died, but I loved his everything but, he did outside of Metallica is freaking just awesome. Well, the shit. band the band lived on. The mm-hmm. band lived on, but like uh, he actually ended up going in. Uh, Newstead ended up going in playing uh, bass for uh, Sepultura. Yep. Which uh, you guys check out some Sepultura. And uh, like with. With like he had a band called Flotsam Jetsam. That's right. And that band is fucking great. I mean, everybody out there, you gotta check at least give them a listen, a fair a fair chance. Because mm. if you didn't like Newstead and Metallica like I did, you'll you might like him as his own musician rather than being a part of a pre existing group that treated him like shit. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing, man. After Cliff died, I mean, I can't really judge somebody on how they handle it, but how they handle themselves. Mm-hmm. Long after the the event has already come and gone. Well, he he also had shoes to fill, right? Like people were gonna automatically judge him already. Well, I judged him because the band, uh, and that was unfair of me, really, because it was what the band wanted him mm-hmm. to be. They yeah. wanted him to be Cliff, and he just couldn't do it. They didn't want, and the thing is, they would argue about that. Is like, well, we don't want him to be Cliff. Well, then why are you having him try to play styles like Cliff would? Why are Let you, him do his own you know, shit. why are you giving him so much shit because he's the new guy? No, that just doesn't cut the mustard with me. <laughs> and and that, that's when I started to lose more and more respect for Metallica. Yeah. And to this day, like I, I mean, I have many of their albums. I have uh, basically everything from their first album all the way up to S and M. And because I liked the concept of metal being backed by an orchestra. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But when they, you know, they, they started acting more and more like in what I would, it's just, I'm not, just an opinion. I'm not <laughs> slandering anybody in case anybody gets offended. Is that I think they turned into a bunch of fucking alky douches. 
I mean, yeah. it's, and then what they did in Load and Reload, which I think would have been phenomenal albums if they had done it outside of their own name. If they had, oh. if they had decided to make a side band and then have done those albums, I think they would have gotten, they would have kept their fan base for one. And two, they would have been able to show that they're not just a singular band. Yeah, well, they, they could have shown a little bit more of an eclectic nature in those albums if they had done it under a different name. But they decided to take that name, which myself and so many other metalheads out there, too. you know, we considered it a, a, an act of, of dragging something beautiful through the fucking mud. Mm. And they had just finished. They had they had already released the black album prior to that. So how Which in my opinion was their best album. Yeah, it was all right. But yeah. how much of a slap in the face is that for metalheads to hear this badass album which has become a staple in like a big Inner Sandman, you know, Fade to Black. That those uh, are iconic songs for that band yeah. thanks to producers like Bob Rock. And what 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 happens after that? They all of a sudden develop a, a, a different side to them. They want to do something that's completely 180, thinking that band, um, band fans will respect them for that. It is hard to do. Hmm. Unless you have something that will blow somebody away, <laughs> you know, you, you should probably just start a different band, do that, and then go back to what you were doing after that to see if it even takes off or not. If it takes off, keep going with it, you know? Well, like uh, the next one, the next one I want to hit on is like kind of like where we're at is like new metal, which you know is my favorite genre. Yes, it is. Static X, Corn, Cold Chamber, um, Mudvayne. Um, there, there's a myriad of these bands. Like Papa Roach tried to be in there. <laughs> they tried. They, they tried. They tried, but they just couldn't fit. What uh, new metal would be is kind of like, uh, oh, well, Limp Bizkit's up in there, too. You're fucking kidding me. They tried. They tried. I mean, Wes Borland was the only positive thing in that entire Dude, group. yeah. Like his, I loved his he had, playing. He had a he had an awesome side band called Blacklight Burns, mm -hmm. but Limp Bizkit was garbage. Yeah, right. I mean, thanks to one cap-wearing moron. I yeah. mean. <laughs> well, then we have, like, Drowning Pool. Um, I don't know. Like I was, like, so, like... On this topic right now, I'm like drawing a blank. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like like I already gave like a list, but new metal was a new metal was like a totally new type of way to go at metal. Like there was like electronics, there was there was rapping, there was. Well, you had that before. You had that in the early '90s, thanks to bands like Anthrax and Public Anthrax, Enemy. Anthrax, Anthrax. You know? Oh yeah. What was that song they did together? Uh, uh, Bring the noise. Bring the noise. Bring the noise. And um, oh, System of a Down. System of a Down. That came later. Yeah. And that was more like mid to late '90s. Yeah. You yeah. know, and like a whole new metal thing. Me personally, I just can't. And most of the new metal bands that are out, I just cannot get behind. I know, man. It, I it, know. It, it, it took a it took a cookie cutter dynamic. I can, I can Oh yeah. I yeah. can easily splice multiple metal bands in their songs and turn all that into one song and yeah. most people probably wouldn't even notice. Well, like the big thing for me is like when it comes to metal, I just love the heavy 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 voice. Right. You know, and like uh like one of the newer bands I listen to is a, they're called Avatar. Amazing voice, but they are are actually on the new metal kind of like archetype 
of the way like they put their songs together. See, one of the things that pissed me off about metal for and will always just cut through me like a hot knife through butter <laughs> is the melodic breakdown in a chorus with bef- uh, while the singer's like screaming his head off, which and I love. Only a handful of bands I've ever encountered can pull that off. Killswitch was one of them. Yes, Killswitch Kill and the Devil You Know. Or, you know, it's, you a, know it's the same it's singer more or less. But I mean, you, <laughs> I, I, I can't stand bands that get, you know, they get hard with it and they're growling and, and they start, go, they start going, oh. yeah, all, all of a sudden everybody <laughs> wants to be a fucking opera singer, you yeah. know, in the middle of this fuck off five metal finger song. death punch. I mean, <laughs> you get no argument from me on that yeah, one. Yeah. But then again, I will, I will slap this shit and verbally out of so many bands out there. But I can well, also, well, but I also give them their credit due because they're doing what they want to do and they're making money and they get to, you know, live the life. So I mean, if it works for them, it works for them. But as far as I'm concerned, it's it, it's just it's just not in my in my realm. Right. You know? Well, I'm I'm very very particular on my metal, and you know I'm a metal head. Mm-hmm. Like my I like I like the hardest, heaviest, evilest shit that you can get. Except for Slayer. It's, uh, uh, <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to talk about this. We're gonna, we're gonna have to talk about this. <laughs> Slayer's Slayer's music. Slayer's music is amazing. I just can't stand Homeboy's voice, man. I just can't stand Homeboy's voice. It's it's like it's like they try to it's like they try to like. Start doing death metal and then brought in an '80s singer. Yeah, I, I will tell you this though, man. You cannot deny their 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 due. You got to give Dude, credit. Yeah, oh yeah, due. yeah. Oh they, yeah. Thanks to, I mean, they're they're part of the big four. I mean that no other band can get near that because not only I can't argue that I can't argue that they at all. are basically the 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 founding fathers of thrash metal and then what sprung from thrash metal death more, yeah and, and then th- basically new metal owes its due to bands like Slayer oh yeah there's no argument that, 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 yeah. that but I've heard I've all oh, got I've heard uh these new metal bands oh well thrash is fucking sucks it's not Dude, it's not the same it's not hard enough it's like I'm sorry you know, listening to a band sing, my girlfriend left me and I'm being really mad about it. I'm going to go smash a bottle in a window. That's my <laughs> protest. I mean, that, that, that is a, a theme I hear in new metal more often than not. Mm-hmm. And then they have the gall to say that bands like Slayer were not hard enough. And we're the, all they're singing about South is, of heaven. you know, like basically murder, destruction, and <laughs> chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a reflection of the social the social standing of that time. Yeah. You know, so they had their, you know, they literally just brought what a lot of people were feeling, took it a few steps higher, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and then, you know, then then all of a sudden you get new metal. What's, uh, what's the singer from Slayer? Tom Araya. Like, I, I can't say <laughs> that he doesn't have an amazing voice. It's just uh, when it comes to, like, hard sound. It's just mm-hmm. not my cup of tea, and like because I also I also listen to like I also listen to shit that's like legit death metal, legit you know you know, like I like when I when I decide to listen to something hard, mm-hmm. I want I want it hard. Right. I don't want to I don't want a choir boy. Oh, it's I, I like wanna, uh, well, it's like what I lo- I I love offending teenagers nowadays that think they know metal with 
what I used to love to listen to. Like Iron Maiden is one Maiden of my personal favorites. Is a good one. But then again, also thanks to public, uh, was it saturation? I mean, basically, there a lot of it's a lot of it's swag. Like you see these kids walking around with um, like shirts from the album. Um, was it um, shit? I can't even remember the name of the album. Number of the Beast. And they've never heard the album. And they've album. never heard it. I've seen kids wear that with Nirvana shirts, which seriously never, never offends me. Never heard the album. Never heard and the album. And Misfits, all the Dead Kennedys, like, okay. Never heard the album. Oh, They're no. wearing it because it's cool. Yeah, exactly. And that is a really dangerous fucking thing. Yeah. Because I remember one time I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and his little brother had a Dead Kennedy shirt on. I saw that shirt. I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome, man. Right on. You know, you know, it's the, a holiday in Cambodia. Oh, and then I, I, I felt compelled to ask him. I was like, so, you know, what's your favorite song from theirs? You know, it's like, oh, well, I don't really listen to them. I, I just wear like, the shirt. I like the design. Oh, and all you can up, do is just man. all you can do is just take a deep breath, let it out and shake your head. And then you tell them, how about you actually listen to that and then tell me if you still want to wear that shirt? Right. You know, I mean, especially like you remember, the, you remember my old house mm-hmm. had the holiday, uh, the holiday in Cambodia poster and on your door. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, um, but with, the, with, with a lot of the misrepresentation and just the uh, consumerism that gets thrown out there, it makes it hard to really keep that kind of sound and mm-hmm. feeling alive. Right. You right, know, yeah. Because like if you, like some of these kids, man, particularly with bands like the Misfits too, it's like oh these kids are wearing Misfits shirts and they're, they're 19 years old in 2019. Well, not even just that, that drives me crazy. That doesn't drive well. Kids, kids are kids. I mean, uh, yeah, you yeah. can't really change that. But what bothers the shit out of me is when you see this kid or this girl or this boy wandering through the mall. They have a Misfits shirt on. The girl has little Hello Kitty shoes on. The boy has, like, a fucking Twilight backpack on. <laughs> and with a fucking Misfits shirt or a Misfits... Sh- and that's the other thing, Misfits shoes. Mm. You know, it's like, holy fuck, man. I mean, I can understand everyone needs to make a buck, but make sure you, you're representing everything about what your music entails, right. you know, with your swag. And, <laughs> I like that, with your swag. You know, it's like, it, it, it baffles the fuck out of me. That if these kids actually knew the lyrics to almost any Misfits song out there, oh, that's too dark for me. Well. I, 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 where, where's the where's the the love part? Where's the love song? Hey, where's the love song? How about "Die, Die, My Darling"? I mean, there die, there's die, a love darling. song for you. <laughs> you gotta throw in some Guar at that point, right? And that oh, and that's another one. Uh, yeah, I'm glad Gore was able to keep it going after Ameri- American died. Monsters, right? Scum Dogs of the Universe. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That Aguar had some of my favorite like album covers, right? <laughs> yeah, and the what was that cover that we you and I watched them do? They did uh, Kansas. Yeah, carry on. They actually they've done a couple, but uh, oddly enough, the one that I love even be more than uh, Wayward Son. Wayward Son um, yeah. is their cover of Billy Ocean's Caribbean Queen. <laughs> that I saw them do that on the TV, and I just started fucking laughing that was too good it was too fucking good i mean wow seeing gore cover billy ocean <laughs> so, so we still have a couple we still have a couple like uh genres cover let's let's uh real quick over like uh 60s 70s rock i'm hip with that like uh hendrix of course yeah hendrix same. i love i love uh jefferson airplane which later became jefferson starship that's right <laughs> and um um 
Uriah Heep. Uriah what? Heep is another um, one. Then you uh, have Captain Beefheart. <laughs> Iron Butterfly. Iron but Iron Butterfly. <laughs> Straight from God's brain to your mouth. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Frank Zappa. Nice. That's, oh, that's yeah. a good reference. Uh, Frank Zappa was to like uh, moving to Montana soon. Right. And then Gonna he, become a dental floss tycoon. Yeah, the Muffin Man was my favorite track. Yeah. But, <laughs> you um, girl, you thought he was a man, but he was a muffin. No, and then you have, like, there's so many different 60s bands that didn't really get their fair credit. But then again, I, when it comes to 60s music and 70s music, well, almost all music, I keep it out there. So, I mean, I was listening to bands like Pro Call Harum and. Oh, um, yeah. God, who else? Uh, Lulu. <laughs> Um, who else? Hawkwind. Hawk, wow, wow. Shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Shouldn't. Then was it, um, Deep Purple? Deep Purple, um, damn it, dude. They have this album. Santana was another Santana. one. So actually, Santana is one of the heaviest influences on some of my guitar playing. Santana, Santana was amazing. I can throw down on some of his, his style. And then, I mean. Molly Hatchet. <laughs> flirting with disaster. That's right. Um, Oh gosh, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, like bands like Steelers Wheel, Steelers Wheel, Steely Dan, um, shit, the Allman Brothers, <laughs> Stevie Ray. No, Stevie Ray didn't come around until he was like eighties, late or yeah, late seventies, early early eighties. Because yeah. Texas Flood didn't come out until I think like oh, okay, yeah, because his second one was Sky Is Crying, mm -hmm. and um. Fuck, I mean, I was listening to a lot of, I mean, shit, I was yeah. listening to a lot of, like, funk. I, I, I wish we had Papa Lackey on the fucking line, dude. Right, he'd, he'd there, there's like, your source right he'd there. Be like, he'd be like, oh, guys, oh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you don't even know. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just, there is a lot out there. Unfortunately, much like the people who lived through the 60s, I can't remember much of the names. <laughs> but it was right. a really good song. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was really, really Re really good stuff. It was really good stuff. It's the best. Totally blew me, blew me away. <laughs> well, there was a lot of good Beatles stuff. Like, um, what, what, remember when the Beatles got in trouble for saying that they were uh, bigger than Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the Simpsons reference to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to think of my favorite song from like the '70s. It'd probably be. I was, I honestly, I was really into the the Village People. I listened to a lot of their stuff. Nothing wrong D with that. Did you know they got sued by the YMCA? <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about a free plug? <laughs> yeah, they got sued. They got sued. They're like, yeah, I guarantee if they they weren't like uh, the Village People, you guys can't see me air quotes. The Village People, they probably wouldn't have gotten sued. Well, if they just say, it, man, if they didn't have such a following of people that were gay, <laughs> gay. <laughs> don't tap around the issue, dude. <laughs> so, um, um kind of like closing out before uh, you play a little bit. Let's uh, let's talk about some of our favorite blues. Blues, dude. I love Robert. The some blues. Robert Johnson for me. I mean, I get shit. And talk about Lead Belly, freaking BB uh, well, King, BB King, Albert King, Albert Collins, Lightning Slim, Lightning Hopkins, Steve Ray Vaughan. Steve Ray Vaughan. <laughs> Did we just real quick shout out Steve Ray Vaughan? Anything? If you guys, again, <clears throat> listeners out there, if you don't know Stevie Ray, man, do yourself a favor. Right. Do yourself uh -huh. a favor. 
like uh, Jamie and Commons is one that I really enjoy. He's kind of a new artist. Uh, he reminds me a lot of uh, a little bit of mix between Johnny Cash and Stevie Ray. Mm. But uh, what else? Let's, let's let's name some more name some more um, blues artists. Uh, oh, Johnny Winter. Jo- yeah, dude. Johnny Winter. Johnny Winter. Now yeah. him and his brother Edgar, man. <laughs> Frankenstein. One of my all, one of my also one of my favorite sixties songs. Or actually, wait, was that seventies? I can't dun, remember when that song came out. You know, the first time I heard that song was in Sino Man. <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I used to. There was an old hippie that used to live up the street from us back when I was a kid. He used to blare that music all the time. My grandmother did. What about uh, what about <laughs> mu- what about Muddy Waters? Muddy Waters, Catfish Blues is one of my favorite songs. Yeah, Muddy Waters. Uh, I'm kind of like coming to the end of my knowledge of uh, <laughs> blues, but you know, I go. I grew up with a blues guy, right? I grew up with a blues guy. Like his whole thing was good blues, you mm-hmm. know. Like, like even uh, Hendrix did a blues album. Yep, and that's act- thanks to him. That's how I found out about that blues album. Yeah. So, do you want to do you want to play some music, brother? Well, I mean, I've got a couple things uh, around the bend, but I also just recorded, actually. <laughs> oh, this, dude. This was actually kind of funny, the story behind this. I was talking to my buddy D, who's in the Southern Disciples band, and um, he just, you know, every now and then I'll get the, the itch to play, but talking to him, I decided, you know what, fuck it. I'll just go ahead and take my phone. I, I found a, a backing track on YouTube and just plugged in, put my phone in front of the speaker and just let it rip. And, um, that's awesome too. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, but um, Southern Disciples, shout out to D again. Yes, indeed. Um, but actually, I'm working on an instrumental. More, well, it's gonna be more of an instrumental album than anything else. If you're into like, uh, like guitar players like Ingwe Malmsteen or Steve Vai, Satriani, um, you know, any any of the uh, the 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 guitar masters, as it were. Hopefully, you'll you'll dig this album. Um, still hasn't had a name for it, nor do I even have a name of the group yet. Um, but so far, I mean, we've, I've already started working on recording a few tracks, and this is just one kind of a pop fly example. Uh, the backing track has already been made by somebody else, um, but the leads that are in it are all just improvisation, and it's. Pretty much just kind of, it was just like a one take, let's see how it goes type of thing. And this is what it turned out to be. So I hope y'all like it. Let him, let him have it. All right, hold on. He's, he's uh, setting up the queue real quick.
Nice, man. That was dope. Thanks, dude. That was dope. So let's uh, end out our episode here talking about music. I think uh, just at our very end of it, like uh, I think we all love different types of music. That's why there is different types of music. Here, here. Here, here. Well, uh, thank you, Tony, for being here. Oh, thank you, dude. It's always yeah. fun. I'd love to uh, love to end into that with some of, some of your own music. Right. Like uh, every everybody actually knows that uh, Tony is actually the one that did the theme song for yeah. Roofsville and True Crime Corner, and that was very fun. Uh, yeah. So, um, once again, man, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you, dude. All right, and we're out. Laters.